Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I've been a corporate flight attendant for over five and a half years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. This is episode 21. If you like this podcast, please give me five stars. Thank you so much for all the ratings and reviews lately. You've really shown up for me, and I really appreciate it. Make sure to check out freespiritpodcast.com. You can support this podcast and purchase my digital products and services made specifically for being a corporate flight attendant. As you all know, I have my corporate flight attendant book, which you can buy on the website. I do not repeat information between the book and this podcast. There's all brand new information in my book. Another great product is my CFA lists bundle. I'm saying L-I-S-T-S, in which you receive my catering order template to email your orders and lists such as catering go-tos, prep, deplane, and the sought-after packing list. And if you're into the metaphysical and the spiritual, check out my podcast, Two Inches Off the Ground. You can always follow me at Two Inches Off the Ground on Instagram. Today's topic is my first account, but first I have an industry update. The industry is starting up again, and I want you guys to go back and listen to episode 13, How to Ace an Interview, and in it I talk a little bit about resumes and how to present your resume, and I'm doing it for someone now. And you have to make sure that resume is on point before you send it out to everyone. And you have to make sure that you're saying the right things in your corporate flight attendant resume. So I am adding either today or tomorrow a resume editing service to the Free Spirit Podcast products. So you just go to freespiritpodcast.com and you will see it there. And you pay me a small fee and I look over your resume and I give you some insights and I give you improvements and I tell you how to do it. For anyone that wants to do it to cut the line, definitely send me a headshot as well with the resume because you're going to be putting the headshot on the resume so I can take a look at that if you're cool with that. That's great. So that will be a service. And that fee that you pay me, that exchange of gratitude and that exchange of money will be going directly to freespiritpodcast.com. And that is supporting this podcast and this content. So think about it. Think about it. I just want to be very clear and say, if you do purchase that service, this is not to ask me to email people or to give you any sorts of contacts. I have to know you personally and I have to know you well. And, you know, I only, as I talked about in in one of the uh, referrals or recommendations episodes, I basically only refer people I've worked with and I know extremely well because with all due respect, it's my reputation. So if you're looking for, you know, oh, I'll buy this service and she'll give me all her contacts, that's not how it is. It's just pure resume editing and telling you how to highlight your strengths for this business. Another tip I have, a hot tip, is think about applying as a contractor to a company called Solaris, or some people call it Solaris, and it is spelled S-O-L-A-I-R-U-S, and their website is solaris.aero, A-E-R-O. 
I'll put this in the show notes. And if you go to their careers section, scroll down to the end and you will see a link that says per diem cabin flight attendant general application. That's a fancy word for saying contract flight attendant. I've heard a rumor that they're looking for new people and I've heard a rumor that they may be looking for some newbies. So if that's true, great. And think about where we were right? A year from now, what I've been saying to you, hold off, hold off, let's hold off, let's wait till the industry opens. I believe that not only is it opening, as we all know, but I, my prediction, and I've been right a lot of the times in my prediction, my predictions are that from August 2021, straight through the holidays, it's going to be really busy in corporate aviation because you know what people in private jets they want to get flying hell people like me who just fly commercial want to get flying again and traveling again so think about that and think about applying it will be in the show notes and by the way I do not have any pull there so if you try to use my name it's not going to help you one bit so (laughs) there you go all right so my first account my first account was an absolute F job between the owners, passengers, the catering, the travel, the crew, the management company. To this day, I have never seen anything like it. However, I am happy it was my first account because I learned so much and everything else was so much easier afterwards. And I had a great teacher. I've spoken about her before, not by name, but I have spoken about her. She was my lead flight attendant or FA on that account and she was phenomenal. And I hope to this day she's training. I haven't talked to her in a while, but she's just phenomenal. And that is a gift that she has. The owner was extremely demanding. It was a bigger private jet and he would fill the jet with 19 passengers who were all equally demanding. Can you imagine? (laughs) And usually these private jets seat 13 to 14 passengers. This one's a bigger one. It sat 19. And if you had an 11-hour flight over to Europe or wherever they were going, you barely sat. And that was with three FAs. We had three FAs in cabin. They were huge drinkers, huge partiers. They were middle-aged, which I know you're saying, why would that be a factor? I have noticed some of the craziest passengers are middle-aged. Everyone thinks it's the bands and the rappers. Not a lot of the time. It's actually the middle-aged ones who have a lot of money and they finally get away from their kids or their kids are out of the nest and they just go nuts. So (laughs) anyway, these people were huge eaters. They had four to five courses. They threw surprises at you all the time. So you didn't have something. And trust me, this lead FA had everything. But they would throw some weird thing in almost to test us. And sometimes they were cool, sometimes they weren't cool, it just depended. But every flight they threw in some weird request or weird surprise that we'd never heard before. Some of the passengers were extremely moody. The owner was extremely moody. This is common. I've spoken about this before. The nature of a lot of these owners are mercurial. One second, they'll be really nice to you. Five minutes later, they don't know who you are or they'll be nasty. This happens a lot. Not, you know, not all the time, but it does happen. So you have to be mentally prepared for that. I think the worst part, though, was they were huge shoppers. They filled the jet with an insane amount of luggage and then they shopped at all the destinations, you know, the good ones like the the Europe and the Italy and the France and the whole thing. 
and uh, they brought on all their crap in more luggage. It was absolutely insane. You know, like these people need more stuff, right? They need more crap. Obviously, they don't. On one leg, it was so bad. I think we were in Italy. On one leg, it was so bad that the pilot was questioning whether the aircraft weight was too heavy to fly. And after that, I actually saw them charter a smaller private jet for all their luggage. Yeah, people do that. People do that if you haven't heard of that. You know, if you're Beyonce, you're flying with your entire team and you're doing a concert in London, you're going to have three more uh, Boeing, Boeing business jet, and you're going to pack that with all the band's equipment. So this is common, right? Maybe not for all the shopping, but (laughs) you know what I mean. The next moving part, catering, you had to have everything on their list. And if not, that was bad. So imagine preferences for 19 individual people. They were not cool if you didn't have it. Like some people are, oh, you don't have fresh squeezed orange juice. Okay, well, the caterer gave you the pulp. Okay, I won't have it or I'll just have water. They weren't like that, you know. And I understand because they're paying the money to get what they want. So I do understand that. Uh, A really funny story was keep in mind how busy we are during a flight and how we can't sit down and that poor lead flight attendant. The owner's wife came up to her in mid-flight and said, hey, I would like you to arrange a huge breakfast to be at the FBO when we land. So when they landed and got off the plane and walked into the FBO, there was supposed to be a huge breakfast for them. And this poor woman, this poor lead FA, keep in mind all the other shit she had to do in flight, she had to arrange this huge breakfast when the internet was going in, it was going out, she was trying to talk on the phone. It was just, it was absolute insanity. The plane lands, the passengers get off, they don't even touch it. Not even the owner's wife, they walk right by it. Yep, that happens. <laughs> That happens. The catering filled up every available space. The garbage, in between the seats, in the lavatories, everything. So now you can imagine, right, the luggage and then their luggage from shopping and then their catering. So you can just imagine all that crap on the plane. It was absolute insanity. I have to say I felt really bad for the workers at the FBO who had to help us unload and load. Oh, that was bad. That was really bad. (laughs) Also, something that was taught to me about the catering that I think I spoke about in last episode, I just want to reiterate here that was such a good lesson. That amazing lead FA said, you know what? Sometimes you just don't have time and you have to get the food out and you can't worry about making it super pretty and making it perfect. You just have to get the food out. And I could not agree more. Of course, as corporate flight attendants, Of course, we want it to look beautiful and we want compliments and the whole thing, but sometimes you just have to get the food out. Okay, the next part, travel. This poor full-time crew was constantly on the move. They were flying around 22 days or more a month. Can you imagine? And even on a 30-minute leg, they expected, the passengers expected as much full service as possible. So it was just nonstop. And even if you have those eight days off a month, it was still terrible because you're still arranging for the next trip or trips. So they pretty much didn't have any off days. Uh, They hardly saw their families. They didn't have a life. I saw a lot of stress. I saw some tears. 
Um, I saw a lot of poor eating, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So here was the part I hated the most. <laughs> okay, so there are these things called jet beds and you blow them up with a machine. They're super expensive. Jet beds are really expensive, thousands of dollars. And what you do is you fold down the seat, you put the jet bed on, and then you make up the bed, the jet bed, like it's a regular bed. So it's really comfortable for each passenger. Then you have to make up the couch and if there's other beds on the plane. So if you can imagine, we had to do that for 19 people. We had to find a place to store all the jet beds, all the linens, all the pillows. Think about that. And luckily this aircraft had an underbelly so you could do that but it's still it's just crazy because then the pilots get involved and it's crazy for the pilots it was just psychotic and let me tell you something these passengers not one of them said don't worry about it it's cool I'll just sleep not one of them they all wanted their beds they all wanted their pillows and their comforters and the whole thing and I get it and they had to stand there and wait until we were finished doing it and I want to say it took us maybe an hour 45 minutes to do it for everyone and there were three of us so it was not pleasant <laughs> and here's the other part is here's a warning for you sometimes when these passengers go to sleep they sleep and it's awesome and you have some peace in your life sometimes they don't and they are the people that aren't good sleepers on planes so they're gonna wake up or be awake and come to see you every 10 minutes and these were these people we had one of these guys who would come every 15 minutes and ask for orange juice asked to talk to us asked to speak to us I mean we couldn't get any peace not a nap not a meal not anything it just sucked it was not fun so I just want to warn you that can happen that these passengers just roam around the cabin and then they roam into the galley and they're bored and you know, it's just a part of the industry. The good news is in regard to travel, we did go to great places. I saw some really cool places in the Caribbean and in Europe and Corsica, for example. I love Corsica. You know, those types of places. So I do have to say you get the best travel. The next one is the crew. There was one pilot I did not like and the mechanic was not my cup of tea. He just would say things without thinking and say a lot of really stupid things. <laughs> but overall everyone was fine. It was a big crew when we traveled for a private jet. There were three flight attendants or FAs, two pilots and one mechanic, so six of us. I like the FAs, especially the lead as I said, but for me as a group it was too much. Too many big personalities who spent a lot of time together and that's why I like just doing the normal private jets where I'm the only flight attendant. I'm my boss. I have complete autonomy. That's the way I like it. As I observed the account, they became better at not talking about the passengers when on the ground. Okay, this is going to sound strange, so I'll explain this. The trip ends the passengers get off. You're like, hallelujah, thank God, get the F off the plane. <laughs> you clean it up and then you have five days at the location, meaning on the ground. What happened was in the beginning, this crew, they would kind of talk amongst themselves and do table talk on the passengers, 
right? And be like, oh, get involved in their drama. So it almost took on a Downton Abbey vibe of the servants getting wrapped up in the rich people's drama, but thankfully they stopped that. It's a warning for you guys, don't do it. It's negative, it will drive you nuts. It's reasons like this that people cannot hang in this industry because you don't have a life or you're not living your own life when you're talking about someone else's life and wrapped up in their drama. Once you get off that plane, go back to you and think about you and what you need to do that day. Okay, I need to get some work done, but then I need to do yoga and take a run and relax, whatever whatever you can do to get yourself back to you, if that makes sense. And this is why a lot of personal assistants burn out after a few years because you don't have your own life, right? You're living someone else's life. So just be careful of that. And then lastly, the owner and the management company did not get along and that caused friction, especially when the crew needed something from the management company. So the management company is where the plane was parked at their home base and they were supposed to help take care of details of the trip and I heard they really didn't, but there's also two sides to every story. The owner ended up leaving the management company and going on his own certificate, which is very complicated, especially for the pilots. It causes a lot more work, but that's something for a pilot to explain. So just meaning that when you go on your own certificate, you are completely autonomous, if that makes sense. So all of these reasons is why I'm a contractor, because once I've done the trip, guess what? It's not my problem. You have problems with the management company, you have to do another trip in three days and it's you're exhausted and you haven't seen your family and you're so jet lagged you can't even think straight. Guess what? Not my problem. I get to go home and I get to pick when my next trip is. I get to pick when I rest and when I do things. And that's why I like being a contractor because I still am in control of my life. That's how I feel about it. And this account was a huge lesson for me in that. Huge lesson. Because I saw what it takes to be on this insane account full time. You had to give up everything. You really did. These people gave up their families, their friends, their lives just to cater to this person. And they made a lot of money. But to me, it just wasn't worth it. Unless you're young. I should. So if I went into this and I was 25 or maybe 22 and I just wanted to get amazing experience, international experience, the visas, I would have sucked it up for two to three years. That probably wouldn't have lasted three, maybe a year and a half to two. I would have sucked it up and then I would have moved on to a better account. But I went into the industry at 38 and I was too old for that, you know, too old for that shit. So I wanted to still have a life. All these moving parts led to stress and especially for the full-timers, right? But I'm grateful for it being my first account. I learned almost everything on that account. It taught me what exceptional service is and how to be a great FA and especially how to handle difficult passengers. So I'm hoping you have a first account like this so you can be thrown in the waters right away without a paddle because sometimes that's the best way to learn. You have no recourse, you know? You have, you can't get out of that tube, right? And you have to learn and sink or swim. And sometimes I think that's the best way to learn in these situations. And in the future, probably in the next month or so, I'm going to do an episode on how to handle your first trip, your first flight. And we're going to talk about nerves and we're going to talk about how you just handle everything. Because you're not supposed to know everything, but you have to go in, you know, knowing like, you know, a little bit. So I will go into that episode another time and you'll get a lot of value out of that. 
I will be back with an episode on July 9th. Again, think about my resume editing service on freespiritpodcast.com in the shop. And listen to my other podcast, Two Inches Off the Ground. Until next time, happy flying.